Romans 11. We're going to go right to verse 33. Hallelujah. Everybody have it? All right. Let's read Romans 11, verse 33 together. Ready? Read. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Everybody ready? You scan through it that time? Now this time, let's read it, read it. Read it, read. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Praise the Lord our God. Tonight, we're going to talk on the subject, mysterious ways, mysterious ways, mysterious ways. All right. Father, tonight we thank and praise you for the opportunity we have to hear your word. We ask you, dear Father, for your spirit to fill each and every one of us, to fill uh, this house, to fill us tonight as we receive your word, to move in this place so that we can allow uh, the word, the seed of the word to penetrate our hearts so that it will produce in us what you sent it to produce and accomplish that which you please. Thank you that every hindering force is removed, every distraction is removed, oh God, so that your word can move swiftly and be glorified among your people. We receive your word with meekness, knowing it's able to save our souls, so let it come to us in abundance, we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, praise the Lord. Mysterious ways, mysterious ways. Now, uh, those of you who were here on Sunday, we, we did talk about uh, just a matter of review. This is not necessarily a, a part of a series. I just want to make sure y'all paid attention on Sunday. Or that you went back over the word and didn't just focus on the dog. But you actually heard the whole word. Amen. We preached on how to stay lit from, from Ephesians 5, uh, 19 to 21. And Paul gave us four keys to staying lit. And they were, if you remember, number one was what? Exhortation, all right? Paul said to speak to each other or one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And the next one was what? Personal worship. He said making melody, uh, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So not only do we personally exhort each other, but we have to also have our own personal time. Remember, that's the freestyle, freestyle worship, freeform worship, where it's no set, it's no fast or slow, it's whatever you and God just want to do. Amen. You just let God direct your own, your own spirit. And so, uh, so uh, corporately we encourage each other, but personally we uh, encourage ourselves. <laughs> David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. Then number three I gave you was what? Constant gratitude. The Bible says giving thanks always for everything. So you've got to always have an attitude of gratitude. You've got to always uh, be giving thanks. So in other words, it's more than just an attitude of how you feel. I feel thankful, but you express that thanksgiving to God. Amen? Psalm uh, 92, I think is verse 1, says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. So that's a good thing. Tell your neighbor it's a good thing. All right, so don't, don't ever hold back thanksgiving from the Lord. First of all, he deserves it. Amen? And it does us good to give it. Then number four we gave you was, was what? Continuous accountability. Continuous accountability. The Bible says in 21, 
Ephesians 5, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of the Lord, the fear of God. So uh, that's, that means that we, we're supposed to be accountable to each other. That's why everybody needs a church. I'll say it again for all those listening online. Everybody needs a church because you can't be accountable through cyber t- uh, church. You can't be accountable online. You can only be accountable to somebody. You know, it's crazy. Um, it's, it's different now, this high tech. Uh, I remember one day I was visiting uh, one of my siblings in the hospital uh, last year. And I went in to go sit, sit with him. And as I'm sitting there, uh, I look up and I see the, te- the television. And then I look above the television and there's one of those remote control cameras in, in the room. And I said, wow, this remote I, I recognize that camera because we've used those things like that in church. And I said, well, what is that camera there for? Why they have, like, they spying on you? He said, no, that's how they, they talk to me. He said, the doctors, they don't come around to see me. He said, they, they beam in. They, I said, what? The doctor's not coming to see you? They turn the camera on? You know now they have this at-home service. You can, you can do medical uh, check-ins, all that kind of stuff from home. As long as you got a camera and, and the internet and so forth, they, you can... Glory to God. How many of y'all know it's probably a little different if you're sitting in the doctor's office? And, and okay, I'm, I'm going to add this too. I'm going to add this too for this all, all the online people. This is not for y'all. This is for the online people. If you really want good care, if you're going to use the medical system, the emergency room is not where you're supposed to go. Because the emergency room, they don't know you. You need a primary care physician if you're going to have that. Because your primary care physician is going to hold you accountable. He or she knows you. Y'all not saying anything. He or she knows you. When you come get your checkup every six months, every year, whatever, they, they know how you were six months ago. They know how you were today. They look at you and say, you gained some weight. Or your pressure a little higher than it was. You know, they, they know these things. And what happens is people, people in church use the, the corporate church as an emergency room. Let me run in because I'm, I'm in trouble. Let me run in because, you know, I'm stressed out. Let me run in because I need a little extra prayer as opposed to being under the constant care and accountability of other saints. He talking right, ain't he? You got it? And so we need constant, uh, continuous accountability. Everybody say continuous accountability. All right, now, so... I was teaching with that on Sunday that you, don't, you and I don't have to have these up and down lifestyles. God doesn't, didn't, didn't uh, intend for us to be up, you know, today and down tomorrow, sometimes up, sometimes down, sometimes almost level to the ground, all that kind of foolishness that, you know, people are stuck in. We, and I understand, you know, where they are, but they don't have to be that way. Glory to God. We're supposed to be always up. Going higher and higher and higher according to the word of God, Right? And uh, the key to that is staying lit. <laughs> Amen. If you get lit, if you stay lit, you don't have to get lit. Amen. You know, we, we, we find that we can have an exciting life. You don't, when you when you lit, you don't, need, you don't need the world's entertainment. 
Y'all don't say anything. But I said, when you stay lit, you don't need the world's entertainment. I'm not, I'm not, saying, I'm not telling you you can't have it. I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on you and your schedule. I'm just saying, when you stay lit, you don't need it. I don't need to get my thrill on Blueberry Hill when I'm lit. You understand? I don't, I don't need to skydive to feel alive. Come on now. I messed with some of y'all. I don't need to skydive to feel alive when I'm lit. I don't need to jump off no cliff, be bungee jumping, holding on to a cord, risking my life to feel alive. I just want to feel alive. No, not when you lit. When you lit, you're good all the time. I get a thrill in the word. Every morning I get up, I get a thrill out of this word, man. I'm like, oh, man, that's juicy, Lord. That's juicy. Wow. Glory to God. And I stay lit, man. All the time. All the time. All the time. In John 6, verse 63, the Bible, Jesus said, uh, it is the spirit that gives life. The spirit gives life. So if you and I are filled with the spirit and stay filled with the spirit, he'll give us, we have life. Life more abundantly. Vibrant life. Not boring. It's amazing how many Christians go around talking about they bored. Bored? Better get lit. Drink you a little something. Drink up. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost, Chris. That's what all the online, that's the online people. Amen. You can drink as much as you want. Well, there's be a song he's singing back in the old days. Just one dose of the Holy Ghost, not enough for me. You know that. See, I'm glad I got some of y'all. Just one dose of the Holy Ghost, not enough for me. Y'all so young. Praise the Lord. Y'all remember this? We sang, I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire, catch on fire, catch on. Well, I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire, burning with the Holy Ghost. Y'all know that one, don't you? Yeah. Catch on fire, burning with the Holy Ghost. God don't need no matches, fire by himself. Glory to God. All right. We can be lit. Put, put up that definition of lit. Y'all remember that from Sunday? I put up the definition. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm segue into the other thing. Illuminated. Well, you and I ought to be illuminated by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the entrance of his word brings light, giving understanding to the simple. So we get illuminated. Uh, having been ignited, we've been set on fire. Wish somebody so a catch on fire. I remember that. There used to be a Sunday night song at our church. Because every Sunday night at our church was evangelistic night. He's saying that. Two hours. I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire. Glory to God. Burning with the Holy Ghost. Drunk or intoxicated. Drunk or intoxicated. Yep. Remember Peter said, these are not drunk as you suppose. Uh, Peter probably staggering when he's saying that. We're not drunk like you think. 
He didn't say we weren't drunk. He just said we're not drunk like you think. We are drunk. We are intoxicated, but we on, a, we on some other stuff. <laughs> we, on, we on some other stuff. See, y'all, y'all on that, y'all using that regular stuff. We on some other stuff. We on some supernatural stuff. Come on now, anybody know what it's like to be on some supernatural stuff? Glory to God. <laughs> High on drugs. That's the slang, you know, a slang they talk about now, uh, exciting and excellent. So let's talk about God. Because God is excellent. In Psalm 76 and verse 4, says this. says, you are more glorious and excellent than the mountains of praise. You are more glorious and excellent than the mountains of praise. Talk about who? This is God. God, you are more glorious and excellent than the mountains of praise. Everybody say he's excellent. He's excellent. Psalm 150, rather. Psalm number 150 in verse 2 says, praise him for his mighty acts. You know this one. Praise him according to his what? Excellent greatness. So God is excellent. So God is lit. Most folk, yeah, most folk don't know that God stays lit. God been lit from, be, well, ain't, ain't, from, ain't no beginning with God. God, he's always been lit. From everlasting to everlasting, he been lit. That's how we get lit. Right? When he comes and lives on the inside of us, that's how we get lit. Glory to God. Right? A, a candle can't light itself. You got to have some other source of, of, of uh, flame of ignition that you put on it. So that match is already lit. When you put that match on that candle, now, now the candle's lit. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord lighting up the innermost belly, right? So, so God lights us up from his light. The Bible, in fact, the Bible says he is, he is unapproachable light. He is unapproachable light. So he's already lit. So when we get filled with the fullness of God, isn't that what what Paul said? Be filled with the fullness of God? So we can stay lit. So God is excellent. Everybody say he's excellent. Jesus, excellent. We're going to sing all night. He's excellent, amen. Amen. But I want you to know this as well. He's also exciting. Everybody say he's exciting. Many folk don't know God is exciting. Many people have a mistaken idea of God, of God being some sort of a long beard old man sitting on the throne looking like, what y'all doing down there? of some emotionless being except for anger. In people's mind, when they think about God and they imagine God, the only emotion they even imagine God having is anger. The wrath of God is going to bring it down. Now, God does have wrath, yet your Bible says that you and I have been saved from the wrath to come. Nothing to do with us. But 
Wrath is not God's nature. His nature is love. God is jovial. The Bible, your Bible says that God sits in heaven and laughs. <laughs> Y'all didn't even laugh. That's why many people, when they get filled with the Holy Ghost, they begin to laugh. It used to be, it came out uh, many years ago, back, back in the 80s, uh, they was just used to uh, sweep the land when people, uh, they have these big meetings, particularly like a guy like Rodney Howard Brown in his meetings or, or Benny Hinn in his meetings. People would just break out in, in what we call holy laughter. And for some people, they were like, what's all that? It's the laughter of God. It's God filling them. The, the, God sits in heaven, the Bible says, and he laughs. Glory to God. You ought to at least laugh at least once a day if God is. And I don't mean that somebody's stupid joke. When you're praying, laughter ought to break out of your prayer. And when you're praising, you know, not now, now uh, William Murphy makes a lot of sense to me. Isn't that funny? William Murphy, every song he sings, he laughs. Paul, I was, I was waiting on you to do that when you led that song. Arise, oh God. You supposed to go. <laughs> Praise God. But God is exciting. And many people don't come to Christ because they see, they see God as not exciting. Because his people don't look excited. <laughs> and I understand. If I went somewhere, if you went to a party, come on now. I remember back in your party days. If you went to a party and everybody's sitting down looking drab, how long you stand? Oh, what? You, hello? Oh, hey. Right? You, you about to escape out of that. You don't want to be somewhere that's not exciting. You, you don't want to be somewhere where it's not lit. I'm out, right? And so you understand then why many people in the world aren't attracted to the body of Christ because we're not excited because we don't understand that we have an exciting God. But we have an exciting God. Amen? All right, now, everything about God is exciting. And what I want to show you tonight, I'm going to talk about him. We're talking about mysterious ways here. Uh, is that people who don't know God or don't know his ways tend to disagree with that statement that he's exciting. You understand? They don't know God. Or they don't know his ways. So let's go back to Romans chapter 11, please. Glory to God. You go to some churches, boy, if you were to, if you were to get above 10 decibels, they're going to put ushers around you. Right? Ushers are going to make a circle around you and be trying to fan you. If you say, oh, glory, they're going to. Glory to God. We got a live one. Yes. Yes. I'm live. I'm living. Amen. Praise God. All right. Thank you, Lord. So Romans 11 and uh, verse 33, I want to go right here to our main scripture tonight. It says, y'all remember this? We saw, saw this was several months ago here. This verse 33. Oh, remember that? That's how you got to read it. Oh, comma. It don't say, oh, the depths. It's, oh. oh. 
So all the depths, oh, rather, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. You read other translations say, oh, the depth of, the, of his riches by itself. But let's look at it the way it's written here. Both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Then it says, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. So God is rich in wisdom, rich in knowledge. So much so, it says, his judgments are unsearchable. And it says here, his ways past finding out. All right. Now let's look at this, please, the same verse in the Amplified translation, please. Amplified. Amplified classic, if you're looking on your cell phone or something. Says this, says all the depth of the riches and wisdom. See there are riches and wisdom there? Amplified clarifies the voice. And knowledge of God. So three things, riches, wisdom, and knowledge. He's, he's, he's deep in it. God's got deep pockets. Right? Riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. Then it says how unfathomable, that's to think, inscrutable, can't be scrutinized, unsearchable are his judgments, his decisions. Now watch what it says here. And how untraceable, mysterious, undiscoverable are his ways, his methods, his paths. Now we want to look at this here tonight. What are we talking about tonight? Okay, so it says, and how untraceable, mysterious, undiscoverable are his ways, his methods, his paths. So how many of y'all have heard this phrase before, that the Lord works in his wonders to perform, right? Matter of fact, I was watching something the other day. Um, the funeral for, uh, I forget his name now, Reverend, Reverend, uh, Pickens, I believe it was. He's the pastor in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, uh, a couple years ago when that, the nine people were uh, murdered in Charleston. And the pastor there, uh, President Obama actually came, because he was still in office, came and did the eulogy. And I remember the high point of the eulogy, if everybody was, when he said, you know, but God works in mysterious ways. Now, nine people just died. He said, but God works in mysterious ways. Nine families were affected. A whole community was affected. And his, his champion word was, but God works in mysterious ways. And everybody just cheered. The whole church just, oh, praise God, you know. Now, where is he getting that from? From the church. Tradition. Been passed on for generations. That God works in mysterious ways. And so that gets passed on, and people, people accept that, and they base it in part to what we're reading here. Because it says, uh, we read in the New King James, his ways are past finding out. Then we read here in the Amplified, how untraceable, mysterious, undiscoverable are his ways, his methods, his paths. So what they do is they resort to saying that God's ways are too mysterious for us and we can never know them. But uh, we're going to fix that tonight. Hallelujah. I said we're going to fix that tonight. 
So is it true then that the Lord works in mysterious ways? Hmm. Well, let's see. Because I want you to know tonight how blessed you and I are to be spirit-filled, to be privy to revelation from God. Because I want to make sure you and I are breaking bad tradition and not, not perpetuating bad teaching, bad mindset. Because if God, here's, here's what you understand. If God works in mysterious ways and you can't know them, then you and I are left out in the dark and just have to accept whatever happens. Most of the church has left themselves in a state where we just accept whatever happens because, well, God works in mysterious ways. But is that the truth still? All right. So let's get some understanding. Tell your neighbor, let's get some understanding. Okay? So again, go back to the New King James, please. Go back to New King James. Because it says there that his ways are past finding out. His ways are past finding out. Finding out. Yet, I want you to open your Bibles now to, to the book of Psalms. So in other words, people will say, you can't know his ways. It's the same camp that when the Bible says, his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. They then leave us at that point where God's ways and thoughts are so far above our ways and thoughts, we can never think like God. And yet, in that same chapter, Isaiah 55, God says, let the wicked man forsake his ways and the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. In other words, God's not saying you guys got to think down here while I think up here. You guys operate like that and I operate like this. He says, no, forsake that and come up here. I want you to think like me. The Bible even said, you and I, we have the mind of Christ. Said, I have the mind of Christ. Say it again like you mean it. I have the mind of Christ. One more time, say it. I have the mind of Christ. In other words, I can think. This is challenge. This is Wednesday night. I can think on God's level. I have the mind of Christ. He's made his thoughts available to me. When I got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, I became one with him. The Bible says if any man united with the Lord, he is one spirit with him. Did you catch that? When you, you, you and I unite with the Lord, the Bible says we are one spirit with him. Now, if he and I are one spirit, then he, he, can know my, he knows my thoughts are far off. But I can also begin to know his thoughts. Are you, this, is this Ivy League class tonight? I can begin to know his thoughts. Glory to God. So his ways, it says, are past finding out. Yet, let's look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103, 
And uh, let's start at verse 1, because we got a few minutes. Y'all there? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I'm messing with. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not. Don't read ahead of me, y'all. All his, I know y'all, I know y'all. I know you're mischievous. Don't read ahead of me. Forget all his benefits. Verse 3, come on. Keep going. Come on, see what he does. Keep going. Keep going. Come on, what else? Okay, and your benefits end right there, right? Wrong. All of Psalm 103 is your benefits. So let's keep on going. The Lord executes righteousness and justice. That's a benefit. Now ready for verse 7? Ready? Read. He made his ways known to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. So a man under a Mosaic covenant, a far inferior covenant to the covenant we're under, God made his ways known to him. It says his acts to the children of Israel. I'll deal with that here. But he said he made his ways known to, 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 to Moses. Moses didn't just know his acts. Moses knew his ways. <laughs> you and I, God, oh, Rabashi, Tarabasunda. Boy, I didn't his on that. God wants us tonight to elevate from just knowing his acts to knowing his ways. He doesn't want us stuck on seeking out his acts, he wants us to get stuck on seeking out his ways. Once you and I know his ways, we can elevate to a new level. Amen. We can operate on a different level. Hallelujah. He made his ways known to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The children of Israel saw his handiwork. The children of Israel saw what God did. The children of Israel saw how the Red Sea was parted. The children of Israel saw the manna come down. The children of Israel saw the water come out of a rock. The children of Israel saw the quail fall down flat out of the sky. The children of Israel, they, they, they saw the, the lice and the, and, the, and the frogs. They saw those things back in Egypt. They saw the, the uh, rivers and the water turn to blood, but they didn't know his ways. But Moses knew his ways. So now we got to look at this thing. If Romans 11.33 says his ways are past finding out, and yet Psalm 103.7 says he made his ways known to Moses, that means his ways cannot be, they don't have to be unknown. They're just past finding out. What you mean, Pastor? You can't find out his ways like you find out the formula for the circumference of a circle. In other words, you can't go to Harvard 
Yale, Princeton, Florida A&M University, and learn his ways. They can teach you his acts, but you can't learn his ways. His ways you learn by face to face. His ways you learn by intimacy. His ways you learn by spending time with him. Moses saw God face to face. He talked to him like a man talks to his friend. And I'll show you here your words. Oh my God. And we can get so caught up in enjoying uh, God's acts that we never get to know his ways. And he said, I'm ready to bring my sons and daughters up to a higher level than you've been on. I want you to get past just my acts. God. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. You and I are so blessed. You and I are so privileged to be able to know his ways. Oh, but he works in mysterious ways. Well, maybe to you. See, my wife and I, we've been married 19 years. And I thought... Hallelujah. And by now, I've learned her ways and she's learned my ways. When we were dating, we just knew each other's acts. Early on in the marriage, we just knew each other's acts. But the more time we spent together, the more acquainted we got with each other. We begin to learn each other's ways so that even if today I didn't do or she didn't do then and act, I didn't, I didn't uh, disqualify her from being my wife because I know her ways. Glory to God. This is the difference. I got this in prayer last week. I was praying, and the Lord just began to just, okay, all right. What you trying to show me, Lord? I'm trying to take you to a different level. I'm going to take you all with me. We all going together, man. We all going together. The children of Israel knew he made his acts known to them. They saw his handiwork, but they didn't know his ways. Oh, I don't want to get so ahead of myself. That's why they were wishy-washy. That's why, that's why they were up today, down tomorrow. That's why they were going forward and turning back. That's why they rebelled in the wilderness. Because all they knew were his acts. But they didn't know his ways. Tell you, neighbor, you're getting an upgrade tonight. 
I'm getting upgrade tonight. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. But Moses knew his ways. Moses spent time with God, walked with God, talked to God, heard God. He knew to cry out to God for any and everything. Oh, thank you, Lord. Remember in uh, Exodus, there will be 14, I believe it is, when they got to the Red Sea, and there's a Red Sea in front of them, mountains on either side, Pharaoh's army behind them about to catch up. The people cried out, oh, oh, what's going on? They had all only seen his axe. They only knew his axe. Moses stands up and says, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you this day. In other words, I'm not going to panic. He got the same Red Sea, the same mountains, and the same enemy coming up the, up the, up the rear. They're panicking. They're frantic. They're crying. They're thinking they're about to die. And he says, stand still and see the salvation. In other words, he understands. No, I know God's ways. He may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. I know his ways. He's going to come through somehow, somehow, some way. God's going to come through. I know his ways. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw this in. This is, this, I'm, I'm way ahead of schedule here on this, but I'm going to put this in for you. When you move from knowing just his acts to knowing his ways, you move from hope to faith. You move from hope to faith. When you move from knowing just his acts to now learning and discovering his ways, you move from just hope to faith. Hope is good, but hope without substance won't get you anything. Faith is the substance, Hebrews 11 verse 1, of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So your hope needs faith. Faith comes from knowing his ways. When you have faith, that means you're settled. When you have faith, you act on his word. You, when you have faith, you move. You just, you just go and move. So, I'm going to just help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you, y'all. Don't, don't, don't get mad at me. This is probably for somebody online. Many of us in, in, in our ministry, you, you've been here a long time. Uh, uh, please take that. This okay. You, 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 you think you have faith, you don't. You have hope. How do you know, Pastor? How are you going to judge me? Because you ain't moved yet. Faith moves. Faith steps. <laughs> you say you have faith. No, you don't have faith. You just have hope. And hope is good. Hope is good. That's the start. Don't go back from there. But don't stay there. Well, why do I only have hope? Because you've been looking at his acts. 
You heard somebody, somebody's testimony. Oh, you saw that act. Something God did for you, you saw that act. But what, what, what's been happening, you've been having spontaneous, uh, you've been having sporadic uh, things happening to you in your life because you've just known his acts. But if you learn his ways, know his ways, you move from sporadic, from periodic, to something, to be, being uh, regular and continual uh, because now you can, oh, Jesus, Lord, holy, what's up, sir? You begin to now cooperate with God. Moses began to cooperate with God. <laughs> God, God, Moses, Moses says, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you this day. He knows his ways. God says, hey, Moses, why are you standing there? He says, stretch out your rod. Stretch out my rod? He didn't say, I don't know I'm going to stretch my rod. No, he knows his ways. If he says stretch my, wa- my rod out, I'm going to stretch my rod out. Why? I know his ways. And many times, you can sit up here and hear this word and have hope and never stretch out your rod. Never make the phone call, never make the visit, never stop, never do anything that you're supposed to do towards what God's told you because you actually just have hope. You got it? You got it? Now, if you in this place and all you have is hope, I told you, you're about to get an upgrade tonight. You're about to move from hope to faith. Your, your hope is about to get some substance tonight. Substance. 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 Understanding. Substance. Understanding. Faith is the understanding of the things you hope for. When you know his ways, you have understanding. That's why when God would tell my wife and me, sow a seed, we not, no, we, we know his ways. We know his ways. We ain't know anything about nothing. Okay, just do it. Why? Some, sometimes God's told you all kind of stuff and you ain't make no move because you, all you know is his acts. But when you know his ways, baby, if he says stretch out that rod, I'm stretching forth this dog on rock. All right, now, let's, 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 let's investigate a little bit more here. Can we do it? Okay, now, Again, Romans 11, verse 33, his ways pass finding out. Then you go back to Psalm 103, right, verse 7, he made his ways on the Moses. Now I got to investigate in good faith. I got to make sure these ways mean the same thing. So I don't want to be tricking anybody. All right, so this ways in Romans eleven thirty-three is the Greek word hadas. Hadas which means a way, traveled way, road, journey. Metaphorically means a course of conduct, a way, manner of thinking, feeling, deciding. So in other words, Paul said his ways are past finding out, right? His, his way, his travel way, his journey. Metaphorically, this is what he's really talking about in this verse. His course of conduct, his way, his manner of thinking, feeling, and deciding is past finding out. 
You got it? God works in mysterious ways. His ways, his manner of thinking, feeling, and deciding how he conducts things in the kingdom, it says, are past finding out. So what happens is people in the body of Christ say, well, you just, you know, you just, you never know what God's going to do. Y'all ever heard that? You never know what God's going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's modify that. I know what he's going to do. I just don't know how. I know exactly what he's going to do. If I pray God heal somebody, I know what he's going to do. I just don't know how. If I pray God supply that person's needs, I know what he's going to do. I just don't know how. But if you relegate yourself to, well, his ways of past finding out. His manner of thinking, feeling, and deciding, his course of conduct is past finding out. Well, just case of Ross or whatever. Just leave. Sometimes, that's what it is. Sometimes he will, sometimes he won't. Sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't. Lord, if it be your will, if it be your will, you don't know his ways yet. No, you just know his acts. Because you'll tell, tell somebody, I know God's going to heal so-and-so. And they'll say, yeah, but I know so-and-so. They was at this church, and they served God for 35 years. And, but I know they, they went ahead and passed on the glory, and they never got healed. Well, I, wait, so you're going to base God his way on somebody else's failure? Or somebody choosing not to receive? Right? You read in Hebrews 11, there are some people who chose not to accept deliverance. They, they saw heaven. They said, I'm going to heaven. I don't want no deliverance. Praise God. So we don't, but it, so if you look at just the acts and don't know his ways, then it's just, you really are just gambling. It's a toss-up. God's not a toss-up God. He's a direct God. All right? So in the, in the Greek, that ways, this is what it means. Y'all kind of got an idea? Because we're going to go now to Psalm 103, verse 7, and it says, he made his ways known to Moses, and let's see what that ways is there. Okay? This ways is the Hebrew word derek. Derek. Look at what it means. Let's see if it sounds similar to the other one. Way, road, distance, journey. We saw journey. We saw way. Manner. We saw that. Road, way, path, journey, direction, manner, habit, way, course of life. That's what we saw. Moral character. Are we, are we same ballpark? So when it says ways in Romans eleven thirty three, would you agree that it's congruent with the ways in, in Psalm 103, 7? So then you and I are not stuck on his ways of past finding out. To say that, 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 that they can't be known. We can agree they are past finding out. Which means you can't, you can't learn them from human reasoning. When it says finding out, it's talking about through human discovery. Yes, they're past finding out. Yes, his greatness is unsearchable. 
by human discovery, by human reason, by human understanding. But they're not past being known because God made his ways known to Moses. So let's deal with this here. What has to happen, Pastor? Is Go back to 1133, Romans 1133, because it says they're past finding out. They're past finding out, right? So what happens is God must reveal his ways to me. That's why I want you to understand how blessed you are. God must reveal his ways to me. Because I can't learn them by, spiritual, by natural means. Right? Because God is a spirit. Which means his ways are spiritual. Huh? If God is a spirit, his ways are spiritual. And the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, says the natural man, I think it's around verse 14, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit, nor can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. The natural man can't get it. The carnal man can't get it either. But the spiritual man we can know all things. Glory to God. Man, man, man. All right. So I want you to write this down or take a photo or catch it later on. God's ways should only remain mysterious to unbelievers. God's ways should only remain mysterious to unbelievers. No believer should ever be saying again that his ways are mysterious and applied to their own lives. His ways should only remain mysterious to unbelievers, those who are perishing, because his ways are past finding out <laughs> to them. But to you and me, he'll just make them known to us. He reveals. Remember when Jesus asked uh, the disciples, he said, hey, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say you are Jeremiah, some say you are Elias, some say you are uh, John the Baptist. He said, okay, but who do you say that I am? Peter stood up from the crowd and said, uh, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood, come on, has not revealed this to you, but my father in, in heaven. So God will reveal things to you that flesh and blood can never get. Do you understand how privileged you are? Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Glory to God. Let's keep trucking here. We're doing good. Matthew 13. Hallelujah. And um, verse... 10. You got it? It says, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you. You who? His disciples. Been given to you. Now, we're the disciples too. Right? 
It's been given to you to know, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Okay, now let's look at this here. That word mysteries, if you got a good Bible, like my Bible says here, there's a little note over that word, over that word mysteries. The number one, it says secret or hidden truths. So to you and me, it has been given. My God, man. A few years ago when I saw this scripture, man, it, it just, it blew the socks clear off my feet down the street. I'm serious. When I saw this in Matthew 13, 11, and Mark 4, 11, it says the same thing. I was like, what? I said, wait, wait a minute, God, what? What are you, what are you saying? He says, I'm, I've given you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. I'm telling you, in, see, and I, I, I believe it when I, when I saw that, I, I compared that to, uh, at that time, uh, uh, insider trading. And also what was going on in the White House, that there are things that are secretive that you and I don't know. Things in City Hall, things in the governor's mansion, things in, you know, we will never know. Because we don't have enough rank. We don't have any inroads. We don't have clearance. But he said, check this out. But it's been given to you to know the top secret things of the kingdom. I said, what you say? I can know the mysteries of the kingdom of God? That'll put me on top in a minute. But watch what he says. But to them, it has not been what? Given. So revelation must be given. His ways are past finding out. But revelation of his ways must be given. It's a privilege, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Now watch verse 12. For whoever has, has what? Revelation. To him, more. More what? Wrong. Not more revelation. More. To, watch, I'll show, you, I'll show you how. For the, whoever has, he's talking about revelation in the previous verse, uh, him, more will be given and he will have abundance. Then it says, but whoever does not have, what? Revelation. Even what he has. be taken away from him. So he's, he's talking about on one side having something spiritual, which is revelation, and manifesting immaterial in your manifestation life. Because that's what it, it yields. Paul, Paul said that's the whole reason why the devil put, put that thorn in his flesh. Because he was starting to kept, he was getting too much abundance of revelation. As we said, abundance from revelation. Revelation gives you abundance. Yes, sir. 
the more you know, the more you can have, the more you can receive, the more you can walk in, the more you know. The, pre, the, the reason, I heard Gloria Copeland say this one time. She said, uh, she's talking about how, how she hear people come to her and say, you know, hey, Sister Gloria, I've done everything I know how to do. And she said, you just don't know enough. That's the only problem, you just don't know enough. Because more, the more you know, now once you know it, uh, you can walk in faith for it. And you can manifest it. That's why God would tell Joshua to meditate the word day and night. Why? So you can get more revelation, bro. <laughs> Y'all got it? Look at verse uh, 16, same chapter, please. But blessed are your eyes. My eyes are blessed. Say it, my eyes are blessed. For they see. And it said, my ears. For they hear. For they hear. You got it? So revelation is a precious gift. You got that? Y'all understand that? That's why y'all to be thankful that you're receiving the kind of revelation you receive. Glory to God. Where would I be if I didn't have revelation. It's not because of me, it's revelation from God. It's like, it's like giving me, giving you the code to somebody's, somebody's account, giving you a password to something. I mean, that's what he's doing. Every time God gives revelation, he's a password to something. Revelation is your password to get into levels you've never been in. It's access. Glory to God. Now, praise God. Man, let me finish up here. Turn to John 15, please. So I need revelation. Because I'm trying to move from just knowing his acts to knowing his ways. But I've been taught his ways are mysterious. I've been taught I can't find out or I can't know his ways. But I've been taught wrong. I've been, oh, thank you, Lord. I've been taught that because I've been taught from, a, from an erroneous image. I've had an image of servanthood as opposed to sonship. I've had an image of being um, a, a constituent in the kingdom, if I have a kingdom revelation, as opposed to being a friend of the king. John 15, watch this. Watch what Jesus says here. John 15, verse 15. Can you read? He says, no longer... Do I call you servants? Watch this. For a servant does not know what his master's doing. Oh, God. That's what he's saying to us, Chris. A servant never, he doesn't know his master's ways. It didn't say his serv his, a servant does not know uh, what his master does. It says what he is doing. This is ways. 
He doesn't know, a servant doesn't know how he operates. All a servant does is just obey orders. If you're just a regular, and there's not picking on anybody, if you're just, if you're just a regular uh, employee, uh, you just do what you're told. But if you're in the boardroom, you're making, helping make decisions, you're working with, you're implementing, you're learning the vision of the CEO. Jesus said, you are not just some little employees, you're not just servants, I don't call you servants. He says, I don't call you servants. I'm just a servant of God. You are, you are a serving son. He says, I don't call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. You're not in on the secrets. But I have called you what? Friends. Friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. I'm telling you how we operate. Let, let's see if you get more excited. Turn to the Amplified. Give me the Amplified in the same Bible. Same scripture here. I see why y'all really excited. Y'all, some of y'all. This is all right. I understand. This, this, this heavy. This heavy. I do not call you servants, slaves, any longer. For the servant does not know what his master is doing working out. Jesus can't work it out if you let Jesus can't work it out if you let him. I just don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. Well, he said, I'm going to tell you what the master's doing. How he working it out. But I've called you my friends because I've made known to you everything that I heard from my father. I have revealed to you everything that I have learned from him. Did he say everything twice? I'm telling you everything I've learned from him. Ain't no reason for you and me to be stupid spiritually. How many times, what, what did Paul say? I would not have you ignorant, brethren. We don't want, we don't need to be ignorant. Not when he said, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to tell you everything. I call you into the room. Don't forget that. Hold, hold that. Get Isaiah 45. I want to show you how you're not servants, but you're friends, and you're in the in, you're in the room. You're you're on the, oh God, you're on the executive team. Oh Jesus, you're on the executive team. Isaiah 45, verse 11. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, come on, and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Y'all didn't like that. You didn't understand it? You're trying to swallow it. I know it must be. Let me give you a minute. Let me give you a minute to soak it up. 
Behold, Luke 10, 19, I give you exousia. Over all dunamis of the enemy. I give you power over all the power of the enemy. That word exousia means executive authority. Y'all not catching what I'm saying. You don't understand. You are not some low-level servant in the kingdom. You are on God's, oh, Lord, help my people receive this. You are on God's executive team. And he's saying, concerning the work of my hands, you command me. Now, he's not telling you, tell him what to do. What he's saying is, tell me what you want. Tell me where you need me to show up. Tell me where you need me to move. I need you in my family. I need you in my neighborhood. I need you in my city. I need you in my region. I need you to heal. I need you to move. I need you to deliver. He said, concerning the work of my hands, to tell me where, tell me where, where you want me to go. Because you're not some low-level servant. You're on the executive committee. You, did you know who you were in Christ? You're not some low-level peasant just trying to make it to heaven. You have executive power. You shall decree a thing. And it shall be established under your light, shall shine in your ways. You shall bind something on earth and it will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loose in heaven. You have executive authority. Yes, sir. Come on. 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 Go back to John 15, 15. Oh, man. No longer do I call you service for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I, I've called you friends for all things that I heard from, from the Father. My Father, I've made known to you. Give it amplified again, amplified. Please amplify. Let's, let's, let's walk through this real quick. I do not call you servants, slaves any longer, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, working out. But I have called you my friends because I've made known to you everything that I've heard from my Father. I have revealed to you everything that I have learned from him. Now give me the message. I want you to read it with me. Come on. Yes, sir. It's going to start at verse 11 through verse 15 because that's how, how the message puts it together. So let's go. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy and your joy wholly mature. God wants you to have real joy, grown-up joy. This is my command. Come on, what? The way this is put your life you are when you do the things. Now here it is, hit it, ready, go. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. Stop. Servants have no clue what their master is thinking and planning. That's ways. How he thinks, feels, plans. How what he does. He says, "No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. 
I'm letting you in on everything God's thinking. I'm letting you in on everything God's planning. I will do nothing in the earth except I reveal it to my servants, the prophets. He's letting us in on everything he has planned. See, once you and I get a hold of this, you don't worry about finances. You don't worry about stuff attacking your body. You don't worry about stuff coming against your family and your life. Because, no, I know his ways. I know, I know what God's thinking and planning. I know. I'm going to just chill. He got this. He ain't worried about nothing. Glory to God. Jesus. He said, servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. But no, I'm, I'm letting you in on everything. All right. I'm over time. Okay, let, let me just let me just let me try to finish here in a minute. Go to Psalm 25, 4 and 5. They'll help us in the media. They'll get on the screen for us. You just listen. You just listen. Write it down. Psalm 24, 25, rather, verse 4 and 5. Because you and I can ask God to reveal his ways to us. I, oh my Jesus. Oh. I remember that morning I'm sitting out there and I'm praying and I'm praying the spirit and I'm praising God and he begins to minister this to me. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 what? So all of a sudden when he said that, I said, okay, wait a minute. You, you're, you're willing to reveal things to me like ways? So I began to ask for stuff. I said, I said, Lord, show me how a seed works. I said, Show me how the gifts of healing work. See, I, see, I, I went past the act. Show me how. Show me how it works. Show me how working a miracle. Show how. It, show me how it works. See, because once I begin to learn the ways how how he works, then I can work with him, and I don't have to be like, well, let's just see if, let's see what God's gonna do. No, I know how to say, all right, come on. God's ready to do this. I'm ready to, I'm ready to move, I'm ready to flow in this here. Did y'all catch what I just said to you? Watch this, verse 4 and 5 here of Psalm 25. Show me your ways, O Lord. Hallelujah. What, what kind of God would ask for that if you could know? He said, show me your ways. Say it. Say it again. Show me your ways. Well, you know, whatsoever things we desire, when we pray, believe, we receive, that we shall have them. So if you and I just ask in faith him to show us his ways, guess what you better get ready to receive? He about to show you his ways. 
He's going to show you how this whole thing is going down. He's going to show you how this whole thing working out. He's going she to begin to show you exactly what's going on, what's behind the scenes. He's going to pull. I asked, I, that day I said, God, pull back the covers on everything for me. I said, God, pull back the cover on cancer for me. I want to see it. If God would do that for George Washington Carver with a peanut, he showed him the ways. Show me your ways, oh Lord. Teach me your paths. Now watch verse 5. Lead me in your what? And teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, and you I wait. If you want to ask God to show you his ways, guess what you're going to have to do? Wait. That means you're going to have to give him some time to talk to you. I mean, I don't ask him and I run out and do my own thing and get on, you know, all. No, Lord, show me your ways. Now watch this. Show me your ways. Now he says, show me your ways. Then watch how he knows God's going to show him his ways. Lead me in your truth. Now his word is truth. So one of the ways God's going to show you his ways is discovered through his word. So he's going to use the word directly to you. He's going to use his spirit to speak to you. And then, of course, he'll use men and women of God to preach the word to you who begin to teach you about his word. God's using me tonight just to get your appetite stirred just to know his ways. I can't imagine what he's going to begin to do. <laughs> okay, look at the same psalm. Look at verse um, 12 through 14. Watch this, 12 through 14. Same psalm. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Me. Y'all didn't say nothing. Me. It says, him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He's going to teach you some of these ways here. Verse 13, 13. He himself. Huh? Huh? You mean the one who God shows his ways? He going he gonna to live in prosperity? That means he going to go from getting, from getting a, a payout here and a payout there and a settlement here and a settlement there and a, and a tax return here and a bonus here and a bonus there and all of that. That's all good. Those are his acts. I'll come on this side. Those are his acts. But prosperity is his ways. When you live in it, you're in his ways. on bonuses and little things like that. He's talking about no living, that's living in it. Not having a good day. I feel good today. Prosperity? No, I feel good all the time. Praise God, I just feel good all the time. He himself shall dwell in prosperity and because I know his ways, guess what's going to happen to my children? His descendants shall inherit the earth. Go, go to verse uh, 14. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. The secret yes. of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. His covenant. That's his ways. Who is the man that fears the Lord? It's me. 
You know, there's another psalm that talks about that. Psalm 112 starts out the same way. The man who fears the Lord delights great in his commandments says, wealth and riches shall be in his house. So you're going to dwell in prosperity. You, you, you can't help but be, but be prosperous when you now have learned his ways. Too many people in the body of Christ are willing to survive on his acts. All right. So it's better for us to know God's ways than only his acts. Because then we rise from hope to faith. Okay? If I only know God's acts, I'm limited to sporadic receiving. If I only know God's acts, then I'm limited to sporadic receiving. It's hit and miss. Here and there, I'm hoping. Hoping won't God come through. Hoping. But once I know God's ways, how he operates, I can cooperate with him. I can cooperate. The Lord spoke to my wife years ago. When we were, we were struggling, we were drowning in finances and, and mainly that area. And the Lord said something to her that was just so profound. The Lord said, I don't need your help. I just need your cooperation. I need you to cooperate. What he was saying to us at that time, to her, through, through her to us, was learn my ways. Because once you learn my ways, now you can cooperate with him. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1 says that we are workers together with him. So here's the thing I want you to understand. That once I have learned his ways, I go from sporadic receiving to now I can dwell in prosperity to the point that I can receive, give, and minister his grace to others. Because I'm working together with him. If I only know his acts, I'm hoping he does something for me. All the time. But when I learn his ways, I'm saying, use me to do something for somebody else. Y'all not excited anymore, are you? I learned his ways. Now I can come minister to you, Deke. Hey, fear not. Rejoice. Be glad. The Lord will do great things for us. How I know, I know that? Because I know his ways. And then they, they'll come back religious people. Well, I sure hope so. I ain't talking about hope, baby. I'm not talking about hope, baby. I'm talking about what I know. I know his ways. I know God's going to come through. I know he's going to make a way out of no way. I know he's going to show up for you. I know he's going to bring you out of this. I know he's going to do it. I'm in faith now. Now, can I give you three more verses? They'll, they'll put them on the screen for us. So you and I, we must desire and seek God's ways more than his acts. You and I must desire and seek God's ways more than his acts. Got it? I must seek God's ways more than his acts. Job 21, verse 13, 14. Watch this. Job is complaining about others. He says, they spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. Verse 14, yet they say to God, 
Depart from us, for we do, we do not desire the knowledge of your ways. So people were enjoying his acts. They said, we don't know your ways. Psalm 95, verse 6 through 11. I'm going to read it for you. Write it down. Psalm 95, 6 verse, verse, through verse 11 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, please. Verse 7. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. Verse 9, please. When your fathers tested me, watch, they tried me. Now, the father is talking about Israel. Remember, he made his ways on to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. Now, watch. When your fathers, as the children of Israel, tested me, they tested me, they tried me, not trying a good way. They tried me, like you say, you tried me then. That's what he's talking about here, literally. You tried me, he said, they tried me. He said, though they saw my work, they saw my work, they knew my acts. Now watch this next verse, verse 10. For 40 years, I was grieved with that generation and said, it's the people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. People go astray because they do not know his ways. They know his acts. And when those acts don't happen frequently enough, they go on, they get the stepping. The acts didn't happen frequently enough. Or, Edward and Amiga keep testifying about all this stuff. How come it ain't happen for me? How it ain't happen for me? Well, you get frustrated and you, because all you know is his acts. But if you would take time to learn and know his ways. Now notice it says they grieved. They grieved God. They grieved. God said I was grieved with them. 40 years because he wants you to know his ways so it grieves God when you and I don't know his ways wouldn't it grieve you and your relationship with somebody and all they, all they wanted was your acts y'all ain't saying I'm gonna come on this side over here all they wanted was your acts what have you done for me lately all they looking for acts The only time they even call you because they want you to act on their behalf. They do not know my ways. Give me one more verse, verse 11, please. Verse 11. So watch this. Here's a big thing I want you to catch. So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Who never enters God's rest? It's the ones who don't know his ways. Rest, prosperity is rest. Divine healing is rest. Divine health is rest. Divine life is rest. Real peace is rest. Real joy is rest. Walking and settling in his love, that's rest. But when you don't know his ways, you can never enter into that rest. And you always, one foot in, one foot out. One foot in, one foot out. Back and forth. I believe, I believe, I believe. I don't know. It's children of Israel. All right. One last place. Second Chronicles 17. 
2 Chronicles 17. Don't be that person. Tell you that, but don't be that person. <laughs> don't grieve God by just wanting him to do, just do something for me, Lord. No, love him. Get to know his ways. Instead of to know him, you'll know how he operates. Okay. All right. All right. So if it feels, when you know his ways, a delay does not uh, depress you. A delay does, doesn't, doesn't depress you. A delay doesn't frustrate you. The only reason you get frustrated is because he ain't acting quick enough. But if I know his ways, I know, ooh, he must, it must be bigger than I thought. This, this, oh my God, this, this must be, this must, must be way bigger than I, than I thought. Take your time, Lord, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> By patience, I possess my soul. Come on, Lord. I wait patiently for the Lord. Come on, because I know his ways. I ain't quitting on the Lord, man. I know his ways. All right, last place, 2 Chronicles 17. And uh, I know it's late, but let me read 1 through 13. Okay? All right. Then Jehoshaphat, this is the king of, of uh, Judah, Jehoshaphat, his son, that's Asa, if you read chapter 16, Asa's son, reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. And he placed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa, his father, had taken. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father, David. That's his great, 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 great grandfather. He did not seek the Baals. He didn't get his idolatry, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. Verse five, therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand. And all Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat, and he had riches, come on, and honor, and honor in, verse, okay, now, so he's experiencing God's acts, right? right? But watch verse 6, and his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. It doesn't say his heart delighted in the acts. All the things God did for him, all of a sudden he got caught up in that. No, he still delighted in God's ways. That's why you need to delight right there in his ways. Now watch. And then it says, uh, and he, he removed the high places and the wooden images from Judah. Also in the third year of his reign, he sent his leaders, Ben-Hel, uh, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nethanel, and Micaiah to teach in the cities of Judah. What do you think they're teaching? His way, the teaching God's way is very good. And with them he sent Levites, some singers, some priests, right? Shemaiah, Nethaniah, Zebediah, Asahel, Shemaramoth, Jehonathan, Adonijah, rather, Tobijah, and Tabadonijah, the Levites. Why why he say like Jim and John and Pete and all those guys, man? And with them Elishama and Jehoram, the priests. So they taught in Judah and had the book of the law of the Lord with them. They went throughout all the cities of Judah and taught the people. Verse 10, and the fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of, of the lands that were around Judah so, they, so that they did not make war against Jehoshaphat. Why? Because he's in arrest. Why is he in arrest? Because he delights in God's ways. Also, verse 11, 
some of the Philistines, that's the enemy, brought Jehoshaphat presents and silver as tribute. And the Muslims, come on now, the Arabians, brought him flocks, 7,700 rams, and 7,700 male goats. Verse 12, so Jehoshaphat became increasingly powerful, and he built fortresses and stored cities in Judah. Verse 13, he had much property in the cities of Judah, and the men of war, mighty men of valor, were in Jerusalem. All hinged upon verse 6. He delighted in his ways. That when riches increased, he didn't set his heart on them. So you got to be careful, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, that when God begins to bring forth his mighty acts in your life, that you don't set your heart on the acts. You don't set your heart on the things. You keep your heart set on him. I want to know his ways. I want to know his ways. He made his acts known to the children of Israel, and they rebelled. They grieved him. Many of their corpses were found in the wilderness, but he made his ways known to Moses. That even though Moses one time got upset and, you know, disobeyed God and struck the rock, God took him. God still took him and said, all right, go up to, the, to this mountain. I'm going to let you look over the land and let him see it. Let him take it all in. And then he made him lay down and he took him. In other words, uh, Moses didn't die a natural death. God just took him and buried him himself. God was a pallbearer. himself to the point that the Bible said no man knows where they laid his body. They can't find his body because God buried him. Well, he turned out all right because Jesus Christ went up on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. Here come Moses. Why? Moses knew his ways. And Moses was able to enter into rest. If you are not going to enter rest, ladies and gentlemen, go beyond his acts. I'm thankful for his acts. The Bible says praise him for his mighty acts. According to his excellent great greatness, praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him, but don't delight in him. Delight in his ways. Or teach us your ways. Show us your ways. And we'll follow after them with our whole hearts. Bow your heads, let's pray. God, we're just overwhelmed tonight by the revelation you've brought to us, by what you've spoken and revealed in this place. I pray for every person, Lord, who took the time out to come and be a part of this service tonight. And even those who are tuning in online, they're, they're at work, wherever they are. I pray, Father, that, Lord, what has been uh, spoken and revealed gets deeply planted in, into our hearts, that the seed of the word might produce the harvest in us that you sent it to produce. I thank you that, God, we go way beyond knowing your acts, but we begin to know your ways such that we begin to rest and be settled, that we move into a place of real trust because we know your ways. We know your ways. We trust you. 
Because we trust you, we sleep at night, we don't worry, we're not anxious about anything, we take no thought for our lives, we cast all of our cares on you, we roll all of our burdens over on you, Lord, we get rid of all those things, God, and we just walk in ease. That's what your word says, God, we'll walk at ease because we're trusting in, in you and serving you. Thank you, that Father, that Lord, as you reveal your secrets to us, we'll spend our days and our time, we'll dwell in prosperity. So cause us to prosper because we know your ways indeed. I give you praise and glory and all the honor of this tonight we do pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Put those hands together and give God a grand praise tonight. Matter of fact, get on your feet, get on your feet and pray.